Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Washington Redskins are changing their name. Hail No More will tell you some of the possible choices for the football team in D.C. and why it's happening now. And Donovan Smith says it may not be worth the risk to play in 2020 amid coronavirus with his first child due in three weeks. And Buck's mean Twitter, well, that exploded. Raymond James Stadium will use $10.4 million in federal money to make game days safer for Bucks and USF fans. And Steven Stamco skated alone today. Will he be ready for the playoffs? We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Uh, Steve, you're out. The Lightning, we'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, let's start with a couple of things that kind of materialized since we last uh, were with you all. Um, I know we had the, the tape and the interview I had with Gordy Gronkowski. I hope you guys enjoyed that on yesterday's podcast. But, of course, late last week uh, it began with the Washington Redskins uh, under review um, with their name change, Donovan Smith had some things to say about playing in 2020 or maybe not playing in 2020. So we'll start there with the Washington Redskins. And Daniel Snyder finally came out uh, on Monday. They didn't say what they were changing the name to, but they are, in fact, retiring the Redskins name uh, as well as the logo. Uh, I, I believe that they're going to keep probably the colors. I don't see you know much of a uniform change in terms of uh, of that, I think that's going to be pretty consistent. We'll see what they come up with with a nickname, but this wasn't. This was just sort of inevitable. I mean, for the longest time, of course, Snyder fought this, said it would never happen, and then of course we saw you know things uh, that occurred um, after the George Floyd death, the social injustice, the the protests, all of that, um, and you know we we did we've done shows on this on radio. Steve, you and I have talked about it. Um, Redskins is is a racist term in many ways, uh, certainly not a demeaning term for Native Americans. And so uh, finally under pressure, and of course it always begins, you know, if you want real change, follow the money. And that's what occurred. I mean, FedEx talked about not renewing uh, or pulling out of their stadium naming rights. Uh, you know, their owner is part owner of the Redskins. And so uh, they got Daniel Snyder's attention. And in fact, I thought that was interesting because in, in uh, the statement by the Washington football team in announcing they were retiring the Redskins' name and logo, uh, the statement was this. Dan Snyder and Coach Ron Rivera, who's been pretty vocal about wanting to do this as well, of course he just got their first-year head coach, are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition-rich franchise, and I like this part, and inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. Notice what went first there, folks. Sponsors. That's really what it came down to, Steve. I mean, money talks, and um, the Snyder, you know, and and whoever else was part owner of that team 
stood to stood to lose some major sponsors if they didn't do this. That's usually what moves the needle. And when yeah. you're dealing with multi 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 millionaires or billionaires, it's mm-hmm. usually money talks, mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. that's what gets things moving. I mean, I'm just looking at the Redskins website. Yeah. Outside of the headline statement from the Washington Redskins football team, there's nothing mm-hmm. about the change. Wow. That's interesting. I just pulled it up just to see what you know they did on How it. How they played it. The logo's it, yeah. still there, which, you know, that's gonna take time and whatever they're gonna decide, but Right. They basically have nothing about it on, on their website, at least the front page. Interesting. Well, it's it's of course made national news, and and uh, a lot of Native American groups are glad that they finally got to this point. I think it needed to happen. Um, we've talked about there's been you know franchises even in Washington changed their names, like the Washington Bullets are now the Washington Capitals, and so uh, it, it almost became inevitable. And then of course um, with you know sponsors threatening to pull out like FedEx and others, that that pretty much sealed the deal. Now. The interesting thing, and I don't think they're going to change the color scheme. I mean, it's kind of, first of all, the redesigns and things like that usually take years. Um, the owners don't have to approve it, but the NFL sort of works in conjunction with the teams if they're going to make major changes. And usually you need a five-year window, um, you know, to kind of submit those proposals and things. Obviously, this is a little, little more immediate than what they're used to working mm-hmm. with. Um, and so who knows, right? Who knows what the logo or if they're going to even have one. Uh, maybe they just play with the same color schemes and call themselves whatever they they settle on. We'll see. Um, but some of the some of the nicknames that are out there, and and again, they they sort of gave half the statement. Right? They said we're retiring the Redskins name and logo without committing to any others uh, to replace it with. Um, but these things take time. And and again, we're not naive enough to think that they haven't gone through this process. Maybe even to the point of having logos and having full designs that they put in a drawer somewhere for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, but you hear a lot of different names. Uh, the one I keep hearing, uh, there's been several, but one is the Red Tails, which is a nod to the Tuskegee uh, Airmen, the African-American Airmen in in, um, in Alabama. Um, I've heard the Monuments is one. Um, somebody even said the Capitals, but with an O, <laughs> instead of the Washington Capitals. Um, and then the Washington Generals, which I don't think you'd want to be, you know, I mean, the Washington Generals were that team that yeah. lost every game to the Highland Globetrotters. Although, given the Redskins' record the last few years, it's not that far off. Um, it's sort of how they've played. There was some talk um, of Washington Warriors, too. The Warriors. I, I've heard a lot of that. And, of course, you know, I mean, lately these leagues that, that do come up with new names want them to be unique, right, um, in all of sport. And the Warriors, I mean, Golden State – What's interesting is Marquette was the Warriors and thought that that was offensive and changed, right, from the Warriors. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how all this works. I've also heard, and this is offensive to me, only because, you know, my alma mater went through a change. They were the Indians when I went there. They are now the Red Wolves. And Red Wolves uh, seemingly is one of those names that uh, a lot of people seem to favor in D.C. The problem is there's, you know, there's again, there's copyright issues and, um, not that you can't, you know, there's a million different tigers and, um, you know, various various uh, repetitive uh, mascots throughout college football and pro football, baseball, hockey. You have the Panthers in Florida, the Panthers in Carolina, in the NFL. So, I mean, there there is duplicity, but um, I think they're looking for a unique name. And, and I, would, I would venture to guess that Red Tails might be it, that Red is going to be in probably um, – 
probably in the name at some level. Um, but we'll see. Uh, this is one of those things that you really can't really can't predict until they. Uh, although you can get you can get odds on it in Vegas, but you really can't predict what they're going to do. Okay. Also, since we last talked, um, and this happened Friday, I wrote, I wrote uh, about this, and you know, Donovan Smith went on Instagram that afternoon. I was busy on Friday, man. It seemed like everything was kind of happening at once, especially on the Bucks beat. But uh, Donovan Smith posted an interesting Instagram, uh, and, and other players have questioned this too. You know, as we sit here doing this podcast on a Monday evening. There still is no agreement on a lot of the protocols, or I should say most of the protocols with respect to the NFL. And that's with, you know, the Bucks rookies supposed to report like the 21st. Some teams are reporting, I think, uh, before that, three or four days before Chiefs that. Chiefs Texans on this Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, that likely isn't going to happen. So, and, and I know that, you know, we were kind of in the same place with the NHL, and then all of a sudden, boom, it went through. Maybe that'll be the process. They had a conference call that lasted forever on Monday, I'm told. I talked to uh, some people at the Bucks that said this is this is one of the hardest things um, they can imagine because there's just so much to try to cover, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to come up with scenarios that could happen, may happen. Uh, you really don't know the future, and, and so every time you, you, know, you come up with a solution, there's three more questions. Um, and I, I think there's, it's been very frustrating for the union and for the NFL to kind of tackle all these things and come to any kind of agreement. They don't even know, for example, if they're going to play preseason games or just two preseason games or what. Um, so there's a lot, a lot to work out. Well, along comes Donovan Smith uh, against this backdrop saying what I think a lot of players are thinking and, and some have said, which is, hey, I don't know that this is worth the risk. Um, and... You know, again, for Donovan in particular, he referenced the fact that his he's expecting his first child, who's a little girl, in about three weeks. Um, you know, and his thoughts were, look, if, you know, if we're not getting tests back for two or three or four days, much like you've seen, you know, around Major League Baseball and some other places, um, and I'm going home to my family every single day, and I've got a newborn baby and a wife, you know, how can I be assured, you know, if I don't get results right in real time, that I'm not carrying this back to my family. And those are all legitimate concerns and something that, you know, you have to think about, um, particularly if you ha- have a young family and, and uh, a wife who's uh, about to deliver. So, uh, I mean, I totally get it. And yet, you know, Twitter, Buck's Twitter does what Buck's Twitter does, which is just become vile when somebody says something that makes sense. Um, and that he And Donovan Smith has been... He's just been one of those lightning rod guys. I can't quite put my finger on why. I mean, here's a guy that did miss a, a game in four years, and he's missed all, all of one game in five years, uh, and and barely any plays you know that he ever took off even for a little bit. Um, and he goes up against the best athletes in in the NFL, some of the best in the world at right defensive end or right edge rusher every week, and he does a credible job. Is he? The best left tackle in football? No, he's not Joe Thomas, you know, before he retired. Um, but he's certainly far from the worst. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I just can't understand why people are so quick to dismiss Donovan Smith. Now, you now have Tristan Wirfs, who is going to play right tackle, the rookie um, from Iowa. Uh, eventually, I think he'll probably be a left tackle. We don't know when. Uh, but Donovan Smith, if he walked away, would be walking away from, you know, almost $14 million dollars. And that that can't be an easy decision for him, you know. Um, you know, next year's salary is not completely guaranteed. Although 
three million of this year is deferred until next year. So, um, you know, he he's taking a risk either way. He's taking a risk with his career if he doesn't play, and potentially, you know, becoming a free agent because the Bucks could move on. He's given other guys an opportunity to to do his job, which is not what you want to do in football. Um, but goodness gracious, folks! I mean, as Donovan came back after he read these tweets, he came back and he said, "Let me get this straight." I'm a bad guy for wanting to protect myself and my family. <laughs> and then really, that's all he's saying here. You know what I mean? He's not saying, I hate football. I'm lazy. I'm not going to block for Tom Brady. Look, um, this is the year man, you want to play. You've got Tom Brady behind you. Yes. I mean, you know, this, yes. this is what you dream of. You a, could go to a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why you play the game. And, and and everything's right there. I mean, he's going to be one of the most important figures on that field every week. And he and, and Tom Brady's going to make him look pretty good, to be honest with you, because Tom's not going to hold the football like Jameis did for five years. Mm-hmm. And that all of a sudden people are going to say, yeah, you know, Donovan Smith's really playing well. <laughs> and uh, And he will be because he won't have to block for seven seconds. So I just think that, you know, People have to understand, and we, and we don't even know if the league, for example, is going to allow these guys to opt out. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the things. If they do, rest assured there'll be some players that will. There have been in baseball. There, mm-hmm. There's likely to be more. Mike Trout is still undecided. Um, he's the best player in the game. So you could easily have some guys that feel uh, compromised or worry about their families because, look, these guys aren't going to be in a bubble per se. They're not going to do what the NBA is doing. They're not going to do what the NHL is doing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more like Major League Baseball a little bit where, you know, they're going to be tested every day, then they're going to go home, and then they're going to come back. And so, you know, uh, potentially they can, you know, if one of their teammates has COVID, maybe asymptomatic, maybe he didn't get the results back in a few days, they're around them, they could bring it home to their families, and this is what they're worried about. Or if a guy goes out and does something he's not supposed to do at a nightclub or a restaurant and catches it, then that's a problem too. So, I mean, they're all sort of trying to figure out how they're going to navigate this. I'm not sure how it's going to happen. I, I, I'm less confident, way less confident that college football will happen than I am the NFL because it seems as if the NFL will slow for no one, and they still have a little more time and a lot more money at stake. But I I just think that there's going to be players like Donovan Smith, and I don't know if he'll ultimately decide this, that says it's just not worth it to me and my family. I'll wait till next year. But in football, with careers that only last about three and a half seasons on average, that's an awful tough decision to make because you may not get a seat back at that table unless you're just such a great player and so established that any team will say, yeah, man, I'll, you know, come on back. Well, and, you know, as we've talked about, in baseball you've seen more players, you know, opt out than in the other sports because it's not in a bubble. You know, right. the, the NHL has had a handful of players that are opting out, um, and mostly for its family reasons or, you know, their actual health themselves based on some medical mm-hmm. conditions they have. You know, but hockey's going to have a bubble, and they're pretty confident that their bubble's going to be pretty secure and, and, and going to be okay. You know, NBA's had right. a few players opt out, but baseball's had more, and I think football's going to have even more than than I baseball. I mean, football not only is it, it not only is it our, you're not in a bubble, it's the sport with the most contact, yes. without being in a bubble. I mean, baseball players for the most part are away from each other when you're on the field. Um, yes, you know, the batter and the catcher are the closest people, and you know, you're mm-hmm. not you're not six feet apart, but you're you know a few feet apart. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, but football, you're 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 making contact every play, and yeah. so I, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more NFL players opt out. The, you know, the biggest question is, will they come to a deal that players can opt out without penalty, or is it going to void contracts and things like that? Right, um, and that's all part of these negotiations of the protocols and that 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 they're undergoing right now, but. You know, football and, and, you know, it'll be interesting if, if college athletes opt out too. Um, right. You know, there, there's some thought that, you know, as colleges and, and you know, the Big Ten and, and, and the, uh, you know, the Pac-12 have shortened their seasons and are playing conference games only for all the sports, not just college football. Um, and assuming the other conferences do that and may, maybe college football doesn't start till October and it's only going to be eight or nine games. And, you know, there are going to be some players that go, you know what? I think I'm a first or second round draft pick on talent alone. Maybe I don't want to risk getting this virus and, and, and getting sick and affecting, you know, my body in this as I'm preparing. And, and you, may, you may see college athletes sit out too, or those that aren't going to, you know, uh, that play college football and aren't going to make it in the pros, you know, they're, they're good players, whatever else, but they just go, you know what? It's not worth my health to do this. Right. It'll you know, and they're not getting paid at all. So, you know, yeah. It'll That's be, the it, problem with with college is that they have no representation. Who's mm-hmm. gonna Who's gonna have their vo- What's their voice? You know, and that the end. If anything, this whole thing with respect to college athletics has revealed what the big gap is in in intercollegiate athletics, and that is that the NCAA has virtually no power in mm-hmm. in many ways over these conferences. Um, you know, they have, have no power, have they, and the players have even less. And they have even less. That's correct. And so it's the conferences, the coaches, the presidents, the administrators, all of that. Um, no one's looking out for the players. They have no representation at all. And you're going you're gonna to tell me that some of these teams are going back when their students aren't allowed on campus, but they're, they're supposed to go and, and play football and create revenue for their school and for the other programs. I, I just think it's a hard, hard thing. And I think that you, when you start to see – conferences say we're we're you know wiping out our non-conference schedule we're only going to play within the conference i think that's a hell mary i think that's you know it's almost inevitable that most of the major conferences if not the power five will all follow suit mm-hmm. um don't know about the sec they're going to cling to dear life but for the most part you know i think you're i think you're going to start to see that well and i look for the colleges it, it does several things one i mean the, the, the pr part of it of you know hey we're going to play a few less games and and shorten the travel because it's just conference games only. But the other mm-hmm. part of it is is it's reducing a lot of expenses in the non-revenue sports when you're playing That's less right. games and only in the conference. And, you mm-hmm. know, so assuming all those sports do happen, which I think it's still questionable whether any of the sports will take place. But, yeah. you know, the other part of it was it was cutting a lot of expenses too in a year when your revenue is going to be way down. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And uh, I still think they have the farthest to go because, again, they're students or student-athletes until this happens and you realize they're really professional athletes, but no one's going to call them that. So, um, yeah, that, that that's going to be a tough one. Um, with respect to COVID and, and going to games and things like that, it was interesting, uh, and this is on today's, uh, I guess, agenda for the Hillsborough um, County Commission, but basically, you know, they've got more than $10.4 million, I guess it's $10.465 million um, that the Tampa Sports Authority is going to use to uh, have more than 40 modifications of equipment and supplies, um, anything from like touch-free toilets and sinks, hand t- sanitizing stations, removable seat bottoms in the stadium so that they can assure 
that uh, people remain socially distanced. That's all waiting a vote on Wednesday from the Hillsborough County Commission, which I'm sure they'll, they'll vote in favor of. And it's funded by the government. This is part of the CARES Act, the mm-hmm. Coronavirus Aid, Re- Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. Um, so there, there's three phases of, of all this construction, essentially, and changing out all these things. And they hope to have it all completed uh, by October 31st, which is well into what would either be a buck season or – uh, into what would be a USF uh, season as well, but um, they're going to they're going to make this a, a safer environment for their workers and for their fans. And yes, they expect to play with fans. I've gotten a lot of questions, Steve. You know, where is the Bucks policy? Like the Ravens came out and said they're only going to have fourteen thousand. The Jaguars came out and said they're only going to have twenty five percent capacity. Um, there's been a couple of these teams. Neither one of which, by the way, sell many tickets. That's the common denominator with Jacksonville and Baltimore, even though Baltimore was obviously in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Bucks, I think, will I, – I believe in talking to them, it'll be this week that um, season ticket holders, season pass holders will get a sense of, you know, what's going to happen with respect to tickets week by week. Can they get a refund? Can they apply them to 2021? I think all that information is going to come out – here in the next few days. Um, but in the meantime, your whole game day experience is going to be different. I mean, from the time you get to the parking lot, it, it's going to be different. And they're going to temperature check you before you go into the stadium. And, oh, by the way, if you sit in a certain area, they're, they're, and they're buying what amounts to a, uh, a huge, you know, for lack of a better term, audio system for the parking lots so that they can summon, you know, those – people in you know through gate d only you know what i mean they, they want to keep um you know people from being clustered as they're all trying to get in or out of the stadium and that's going to be a, a big part of it and they've got money earmarked i mean you know five hundred and two thousand for touch screen ticket scanners um you know all all the construction on the touch screen toilets and sinks and things like that um, they really haven't left anything out. I mean, it's, it's, you know, anything from thermometers where fans are obviously going to have their temperatures taken. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot involved here in some big expenses, but again, it's paid by the federal government and it's going to pass on Wednesday. And this is the, this is the attempt by the TSA, by the Hillsborough County and the Bucks to try to make this a you know a safer environment for those fans who do go and i i don't think when you see this plan that the bucks are going to unveil this week you won't see where they're going to say hey you know if you're a season pass holder it's cool we're going to take care of you every game that's not going to be the case i assure you and what they're trying to figure out is okay what are the guidelines in the state of florida the governor's supposed to have a big input on that and is it 50 percent? okay what does that mean is that um, you know, only six people are in a row, but they have to all be related. And if they're not, you know, if it's three people here, then you got to separate the other group of fans, you know, by six feet. So once they get the configuration, they, they feel like they can do it pretty quickly. But um, it's it's going to be different. When you go to a game, if you're fortunate enough to go to a Bucks game next year, um, you're going you're gonna to probably have to get there a lot earlier. You're going to have to wait your turn to get into the stadium you're not going to be allowed to go a lot of places. Um, I think they're going to probably restrict, 
you know, back back in the day, and they do this in England now with the soccer teams, is that you can't just walk all the way around the stadium, you know, in a common area. You go in through a gate, and you go out through that same gate. Um, and, and so they may have to section some things off that way. But, man, it's interesting just, you know, all that goes into, um, you know, trying to trying to just account for the basic things like, you know, no touch sinks and toilets. Now, here's the question. If they don't have fans this year, do they have to give the money back? <laughs> I don't know because it sounds like a good idea anyway. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. No, Look, I, this is a lot. I was reading the, the list. There's like 40 items there. And, and, and even though I'm not going to suggest that there's any, um, you know, any fat here in the budget, but – I did see where, like, for example, $25,000 are earmarked for laptops. <laughs> so, you know, hey, I could use a laptop. Um, you get a laptop, and you get a laptop. So, you know, it's well, quite a perk carts. for your season tickets. Yeah, right. And, and yeah, it'd be nice. And golf, they're not giving to the fans, unfortunately. But then there's, you know, they need more golf carts because you're going to have to run around in the parking lots more. And so they get to buy a lot of cool stuff with this federal money, is what I'm saying. Um, in addition to what they really need. We need some but, CARES Act yeah. money on this podcast. I know. I know. You know, are we eligible? Although we're already socially uh, distanced. I don't know what else we could well, ask that's for. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we'd have to we'd have to come up with a reason why our business was uh was dramatically affected by COVID. And I'm sure we could. You know, there's there's no way that we uh we couldn't come up with that. So yeah, so expect to be inconvenienced but also maybe made to feel a little bit safer as you go to a Bucks game. And um, hopefully before the week is out, I think we'll probably have a better idea of just what uh, the refund policy is. I know people have called me and said, hey, I got like eight grand in uh, uh, in season tickets, and I'd like my money now. Do we, <laughs> Not- do, do we know what the NFL is requiring post-COVID now for the Super Bowl? And is everything mean, included in terms in of that? capacity? Or? Well, I mean, or, or safety precautions. I mean, well, now look, that's. I mean, it's a great point. I, I, I don't know what the what the NFL has asked for. Like, but like have they clear, worked with the NFL on this CARES Act as far as what they're changing? Wouldn't out surprise me. I mean, wouldn't surprise me. Would not. In fact, I would think that'd be a priority of the league because mm-hmm. they have to get their stadium ready. The one that's going to host the Super Bowl Fifty Five has to be equipped with all those things, which is why. The deadline for installing all of them, and there's three phases, is the end of October. Now, mm-hmm. you're well into your regular NFL season, but still plenty of time uh, to do the trial runs. You know what the biggest thing? They always used to say this, too, and everything. Well, when you build a stadium, Steve, the big test comes when you do what? Flush all the toilets at once. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's like, oh. we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's going to be you know one of those deals, right? Where you got to make sure it all works. Well, it's not the same thing, but it's like, you know, one of the things I've learned when you buy a house is, you know, don't just turn on one sink. Turn several on at the same time. See what the water pressure right. does. Right. That's I a mean, great you know, point. It's a little different than flushing the toilet, but it's the same kind of principle of, you know, just because every sink works doesn't mean that, you know, you turn them all, a couple of them on at the same time and you're dripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, Baltimore has said they're going to have 14,000 fans. Jacksonville, 25%. Um, I think we'll have a better idea. I think uh, the, look, the Glazers' goal, and and they're the one. You know, again, we've talked about this of all the years, right? To have Tom Brady, no. they literally have. Uh, they could sell that stadium out probably once or twice over. That's how many. That's the demand, right? Right now, and they've never had it for like twelve or fourteen years. And and I feel for Brian Ford and those guys over there, but they will. I think the Glazers with 
working with the local governments and especially the state government because they keep insisting that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is going to control um, you know the the sports protocols, how many people mm-hmm. can fit into a into a stadium, et cetera. Um, they're going to get as many as they can. I mean, it's just inevitable that they want. Yep. Uh, to do it safely, and they want to, you know, want to get as many people as they can in the stadium. Well, and those asking about why they haven't come out yet, part of it is, is you don't want to come out going, we don't know yet, we're not That's sure. Right. I mean, they're That's they're right. trying to look. They have a bunch of new fans this year, or new season ticket mm-hmm. holders, or new group ticket holders, and you know all this stuff that they don't want to just turn them all away. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, how do we try to make this work and and make it work for everyone, and and, and so. Patience is is what you know what what they're doing is right. I mean, you don't want to come out say this. Oh, change it to this. Change it to this. That's right. not what season ticket holders or new fans want to hear, and and your long existing fans too. You know, you're trying to appease a lot of people and figure out what you know how to make this work. And, and yeah, of all years for the this to happen to the Bucks, wow. Yeah, and I think that that they'll try to take care of their longest season pass holders. The, the reality is, is that if you have season tickets, you don't this year. You know that mm-hmm. they're going to give those people opportunities to go to the games, but maybe not every game. And they want to get as many fans to as many games as possible. Um, but it's not going to be, you know, hey, my seat is, you know, section one ten, row six, um, seats D and E. Well. You're not guaranteed that in part because, you know, it might be covered with a tarp. Um, also, there's a lot of you <laughs> that want to go. Uh, and, and so they're going to have to come up with some equitable way. But they've assured me um, as soon as they finalize this plan that uh, I will get it and pass it along to all you guys. And, um, you know, we'll be able to explain to you exactly what their process is for choosing who goes to these games. Because, man, these games are going to be um, so well anticipated if we get to uh, September at all, and we're going to be playing football. So, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, let's hope. Let's keep our fingers crossed. In the meantime, speaking of, of playing, the NHL is really just right around the corner from starting the Stanley Cup uh, tournament for them. And Steven Stamkos, which, you know, as when we left the season, of course, he was the guy that, that was hurt and that was probably, you know, arguably going to miss the first couple games of their first round series. Now we're all these months later and he has a new injury, another another lower body injury that's not related to this. Yeah, this happened during the phase two workouts uh, at Amelie Arena. Uh, John Cooper today said he'll miss a practice or two, but, you know, doesn't expect to miss any time. Julian Breesball over the weekend said that, you know, he would be ready for games. And, and look, they don't have games. They're going to have an exhibition game uh, two weeks or so, the 28th or 29th, and then they don't play their first game until Monday, August 3rd. So, right. you know, 20 days from their first game at this point. Uh, they anticipate he'll miss a couple practices, but, you know, that's, mm. you know. But you, you sat there when, when Julian Breesbaugh on Saturday says, uh, we had an injury, Stephen Stanton. You're like, you're kidding me. <laughs> like, come it's on. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, right? How many times does this guy get hurt around the playoffs? I mean, it's, you know, he's got to be I mean, he's not Steven's done anything. Be, yeah, he's got to be wondering, what the heck, what do I got to do? <laughs> You know what I'm thinking? What's that? Jet ski accident. 
jet ski accident. You think it happened on Doc Talk? Doc Talk or or that whole, you know, the whole Mighty Ducks reenactment, yeah. you know. The boys are back in town. Somebody slipped up on that. that that's your conspiracy that theory? That, I'm sticking to it. Okay. Yep. Jet ski. <laughs> somebody somebody got too close to his jet ski and he, you know, yeah. got the lower leg injury or something. But I me- hope not. Yeah, but meanwhile at Amelie today, training camp started. And the Bolts had two different sessions. They broke. They have a roster of 33 players, so uh, mm-hmm. they broke them up uh, 16 and 16. Stamkos skated between the two sessions on the ice by himself with the trainers and stuff. So uh, right. he's out there skating, so it's not like he's nowhere to be found or anything. Uh, but he didn't right. skate with everybody else. But it was it was so refreshing to just hear slap oh, shots. Oh, I can imagine. And, oh, the, and can even imagine. the Zamboni before and after practice. <laughs> yeah. You know, around the rink and just the skates and, you know, players stopping yeah. and the ice shaves and oh it was, it was it was great to be back i mean everyone's wearing masks and everyone's social distance but it was it was a welcome change it's been over four months since i had been in that building actually it's incredible so um yeah it was it was great to be back and to hear that and you know the, the biggest hope for the nhl at this point is look they're traveling to the hub city in 12 days the 26th yeah. it's you know, the, the, everyone's saying get to the bubble, get to the bubble, and and hockey's confident once they get to the bubble that that things will work out and and they'll be able to navigate this and complete a season, complete the playoffs and that. So everyone's just trying well, to get to the bubble at this point. They're a lot more confident because that bubble is not in the United States; it's in Canada, both of them, mm-hmm. and that's not an accident. But by the way, folks, I mean yep. as much as I'm sure they would have loved to pick a city in the United States. There's a reason why they're up there because we're on fire down here. Yep. So um, they've done a much better job, and 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 for that reason, they can have a reasonable expectation that those guys can stay safe if they all do the right things. Yeah. Well, and, and we talked about this last week. The players are going to be you know penalized. You know, if you leave the yeah. bubble, you're kicked mm-hmm. out of the tournament for the rest, and your team's going to get fined and possibly lose draft picks. Um, I right. did see an NBA player. I think it was an NBA. Yes. player. Yes. Uh, went too far and got takeout at Disney, and they have to quarantine now for ten days. He went to a food truck. Okay, yeah, outside of the out, outside of the uh, bubble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, your you know your biggest uh, your biggest weakness is you wanted wanted some good tacos or something. Well, I don't and, know, and but... MLS has had you know they're in a bubble in Orlando, but they've had mm-hmm. two teams already withdraw from that. You know that tournament, right? Uh, too many cases. Too yeah. many cases in that. So yeah, it's. You know, but the NHL is confident that that once they get to Toronto and Edmonton, that it'll be fine. That they'll be able to navigate through it. And you know, if they you know get a test or two here that's positive, they'll deal with that. But they don't think they're going to have big outbreaks in that, and they're confident. So, yeah, let's hope so. We're getting so close to what uh, the restart would be for the NBA, for Major League Baseball. Um, all those sports. Well, and the Rowdies they started back. Yeah, they played on Saturday night at home against Atlanta United too. Um, yep. It was a sloppy game, I would say. I, I, I mm-hmm. caught the game on. There was about 140 fans in the stands, I think. 140, 150. Yeah, I mean, you could line. see them. They had signs. I mean, you could hear them on TV a little bit. I don't know if they did the thing that MLS is doing with the recorded. Uh, no, I don't you know, think. I don't reaction. think they did that for that game. But yeah, yeah you could hear them. Um, the Atlanta United uh, got a red card in like the seventh minute, so they were down Ouch. to ten men for the game. Uh, took a one nothing mm-hmm. lead a couple minutes later, and it took the Rowdies a while to claw back into it. I think the 67th minute they got their first goal, and then uh, in the 87th minute got the second goal to win the game. So, um, nice. But, it, you know, the Rowdies are a pretty good team this year in the USL. They, um, mm-hmm. like I said, it was sloppy early. They got better as the game went along. 
Um, yeah. I, I think you saw their confidence and just, you know, just getting back. I mean, it's the first game in four months for these guys. It's going to be like that, I think, with every sport, mm-hmm. particularly football, when they're not going to have a preseason yep. um, or much of one. And I don't know how much you would play, say, Tom Brady and Mike Evans, if even if you had two games. So I think I think the the level of play might not be as good at the beginning as it's going to be at the end for that reason. But um, you can't you can't blame them for trying to keep these guys healthy. Um, so yeah, I. Look, I'm just thrilled that we're getting closer to sports. I don't know what's going to actually break, what's actually going to happen, if there'll be delays. I, I kind of have my doubts about the NFL starting on time. As of right now, though, um, everything is all systems go. And, you know, hopefully before long we'll have real sports to talk about. Speaking of the Rays, as we just were, I'm going to be at the Rays at Tropicana Field. I think Mark Topkins is going to go out there as well. And um, I'll be dabbling a little in my, my first love, baseball have a chance to uh, visit with those guys and write a story or two this week. And we're going to have my radio partner, former radio partner, former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, Tom Jones, will be with us uh, for a couple days this week as well. And your mailbag questions. Don't forget those. You don't have to wait uh, for us to ask for them. You can submit us those questions anytime. i got a couple today, as a matter of fact. On Twitter, if you want to, and write us a question at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or... My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.